Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We give you weekly roundups of Walford life. Ben's not the dad, nor is Peter. Turns out, I'm Lex's real father, Connor. Dun-dun. What can I say? Lola has a type. And I'm wondering where on earth Phil went on that boat. Emma. So what have we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your weekly roundup, your hero and slapping Dan of the week. And of course, our favourite scene. We play a new round of Beale or No Beale. <gasps> it's the Peter Beale edition. Ooh. And we read the rest of chapter one of our collaborative fan fiction, Secret Slaters. Can't wait. Chapter one. Chapter, chapter one. Call in chapter, chapter one. one. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but first, it's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother. <laughs> yes, I am. Get out of my pub. You need a slapping den. You bitch. You cow. Look at your coat. Hello, princess. Frank! Stice! Please in the fridge. Sausage surprise! Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night. So this week, we have our biggest fan in with work. Sharon the Unicorn. Yes. Yay. Hi, Sharon. Lovely to have you in here, babe. How are you today? No, no answer. No okay, answer. Cool. No answer. She's dead ignorant. We are looking at her for an answer as if she's real. (laughs) Keep forgetting, she is a stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) You just chill over there, Sharon, babe. But some people we have been hearing from over the last week are you guys. You've been sending us some lovely messages and we just want to give you all a shout out for just being so nice to us. being lovely fans. So on Apple, we got some lovely comments from Milo and Amy Love. Firstly, Amy said... That she loves this podcast and looks forward to it every week. Oh, thank you, Amy. That is so sweet. Like, honestly, that this is genuinely why we do this podcast. Yeah. We didn't think anyone would even want to listen. So, <laughs> no. you know, <laughs> to hear that is amazing. Just us two joking on. Yeah. <laughs> just us being weird. And Milo said this is his current favorite podcast. Oh. I mean, that is everything. I always just thought we're that dirty, guilty secret that you don't tell anyone about because you're embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much. He also said that the hosts are lovely, genuine people. Oh! Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel quite flattered. I know, now I'm all a fluster. (laughs) I'm all a fluster. I'm a bit red. (laughs) (laughs) Those are such lovely comments. Thank you so much, guys. But we also get lots and lots of lovely comments every day on our social media. And so we just wanted to say a big roundup thank you to all of all of you out there. So Yeah, we had some lovely messages last week from Lindsay, Tiggins, EastEnders Crack, Anime and EastEnders fan. So thank you so much for sending us all those. It was lovely to hear from you. And it's nice to know that you've been enjoying the podcast mm-hmm. or you look forward to it every week, those kind of things. It's just, yeah. it's just thank you. Because yeah. you don't have to say that, but you do. And that makes exactly. us feel so nice. Exactly. I feel truly honoured. As, I do. As Tiggins said in her comment about feeling honoured to be in our spotlight. Well, we're actually, it's the other way around. We're, we're honoured. We're we, honoured to we have, have such interactions. So thank you very much. Speaking of fans and listeners... We have been working on our fan fantasy with you guys. <gasps> Just have to say thank you for voting for the things you have been voting for. Oh, there's some iconic ones in chapter oh, two. Chapter two, chapter two. Oh, call in chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote it the other week. Oh, my God. Should we give like um, a preview of maybe one of the lines? Okay, I'll just get myself ready. Yep. Fortnightly bin collections. <laughs> 
So look forward to lots of that. (laughs) (laughs) And you can vote in chapter five. That'll be going up tomorrow on our Twitter, which is at E20podcast. And today we'll be finishing chapter one. Chapter one. God, can't wait. What drama will we have? Maybe there'll be some shocks, some secrets. But first, let's get on with this week's drama. He's a survivor. Not gonna give up. He's had no water. How's he alive now? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the question on everyone's minds, wasn't it? When poor Callum was lying at the bottom of that warehouse in a skip. How is he alive after all this time? No one's really looked for him. He's had no food, no water. How is he fine? I mean, Shirley did her best. Well, well, we totally called her best. Our best. She did our best, Emma. She done that casual look around. <laughs> I mean, even Stuart said he went and had a look. I'm like, how has really? no one found him? How have you not found him if you've looked? I mean, there's one person who didn't give up hope, though. One person who is the biggest Ballon fan. He did not give up. He's like, no counts could be found alive and well. And thank God for Ben. Because Ben didn't give up hope. But Ben's obviously also been struggling with some other things in his life which kind of derailed his plans to try and rescue Callum. Because as we pretty much all guessed, Ben has lost his hearing. When he hit his head on that boat, we all knew we could hear that strange tone, the deep noise, and we all kind of presumed the worst, we thought. all, oh. Especially when Keanu was talking to him. And yes. He just wasn't even acknowledging him because he didn't know. He was just kind of staring at space, wasn't yeah. he? So like he didn't even know he was there. We knew something was up. Well, turns out Ben's deaf. Never going to hear her again, potentially. And one person who figured that out was Jay. Because Ben wasn't telling anyone. Because no. I think he thought maybe he could come back. But also, I, I think, think he was, was trying to deal with it himself. Yeah. With the thought of not being able to hear. And he was getting really anxious and angry about it. I think it was probably a mix of like hoping that it just goes away. And also trying to like want to focus on trying to find Callum. Oh yeah, and he definitely just wanted to find Callum. <laughs> like, <laughs> those two things were like kind of like the, the, the reason why he wasn't talking anymore. I loved how all week... Uh, Callum was his focus. He had all this struggle yeah. going on himself. <laughs> Lost his hearing. He, he wanted Find to help Callum. him. I love him. I love him. That's why we love Balam, isn't it? Because like, yeah. they'll just do anything for each other. I love them. Jay's figured it out really, hasn't he? Yeah, because Ben didn't put his hearing aid in because to him it was making absolutely no difference. Yeah. So he put it on the kitchen table and that's when Jay, Jay was, was like, like, hang mm. on, why are you not wearing this? Yeah, exactly. Especially because Ben had just been practically, in their eyes, ignoring them all. Yes, because <laughs> they're talking to him and he's like, yeah, just gonna go shower now. <laughs> like, I just goes upstairs, and you imagine you're like, you'd be like, "Well, that was rude, wasn't it?" Can you imagine? Because they don't know. My favorite one was when Lola asked him to answer the door, so she went, "Shall I get that? You want tea?" <laughs> Bless his heart. They're doing it so well because they've yeah. combined a little bit of comedy to obviously not make war break our hearts every five minutes yeah. for him, but they've also made it obviously those heartbreaking moments are still there. Yeah. Like, we'll have that momentary laugh when he's like, do you want tea? Like, oh, I'm showering now. But then we come back to the realisation that... How loud you went there, by the way. I was like, whoa. I'm, I'm doing... I'm literally being... I'm embodying. I'm method. I'm method acting. Oh, you are, you're a method I'm actor. Very method acting. I'm like that man from The Machinist, um, Christian Bale. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why he made himself, like, you know, really emaciated. which is christian bale um so yes (laughs) so yes jay has figured out sits him down and is like what is going on why don't you have your hearing aid in can you hear and that a lovely 
got a heart. We did, didn't we? And we found out so much about Ben's time in we prison. We did. Don't know which time, because he's obviously done a few stints. So it could got be... Couple of stints. Could be after, you know, smashing Heather's head in, or it could be... After the slapping down. After the slapping down. We, we're not quite sure. But we found out that he got bullied in juvie, or prison, or wherever it was. Yeah. So sad, but also, I mean, they are prisoners, so I don't expect them to be kind. Yeah, wasn't that that shocking, really, <laughs> was it? So we, we just... heard that they took his hearing aid out, and yeah. so he had to learn to lip read whilst he was in there. So that's when he was telling Jay, like, if he looks at him directly, he can he try can and work out what of. he's saying. Yeah. Um, but as soon as he turns away, he has no idea. And, like, even when he does look at them, like, there's still sometimes yeah. where he doesn't quite understand. And I think that's also important because, obviously... You know, like you're saying, he just sort of learned out of necessity. It's not something that he's, it's not like an innate talent of yeah. his or something that he's learned his entire life. Ben's been fortunate in the fact that actually he still had partial hearing to some degree. Now he's almost got zero hearing altogether. So it's very difficult for him to lip read. And it was really nice to see like Jay kind of putting his arms around him and just like hugging him and looking after him. Can't say Lola was Oh, don't supportive. get me started. Do not get me started. <laughs> I'm angry. Go, go on, Emma. Go on. Unleash the beast. Unleash the beast. So she had the cheek. Right. Emma's getting her notes out. Long list here. Long list. It's like Santa's naughty list. <clears throat> Who's getting cool this year, Emma? <laughs> Lola. <laughs> so the door needed answered and Lola decided to say, I know he's upset about Denny and Callum, but he has priorities. Our own daughter is upset about Denny. Firstly, this is about answering yeah. the door. Nola, <laughs> not being funny, you stood up. You can answer it. He sat down. <laughs> and this is his boyfriend who has been kidnapped. He hasn't seen in days, weeks. I don't know how long. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been hard to keep track of. <laughs> I don't know I'm anymore. lost in time, Emma. I'm like Doctor Who. I'm lost in I time. That's what I feel like. <laughs> and also, this is practically his brother who's just yes. died. Oh, my God. I Done. am with you. That was so weird when she was like, Lexi's really upset about Denny. I'm sorry, when did Lexi meet him? Let's be real here, Let's Lola. be real. Let's just be real for a second, Lola. Your daughter never even spoke to Denny. I completely applaud her for her attempts to try and get out of school. Oh, yeah. Whatever well lesson. Done. Whatever <laughs> lesson she was trying to get out of. Well done, Lexi. That was You've some, done a good job. That was some good, that was some good, uh, good lying skills yeah. there. My very anger proud. does not lie with Lexi. That's nope. very clever. No, nope. very clever. Lola, it lies with you. Lola, you're a moron. You need to realise Lexi's obviously pulling your leg here. Also, actually... Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, you know how someone's (laughs) at the door? Yeah. Firstly, isn't Phil's back door always open? It's always open. We always always know it's open. Sharon walked in just the other day. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's always open. Doesn't need to be answered. Exactly. There's another door. I'm annoyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Ben had other priorities that He did. And it was not answering the door. Exactly. I'm sick of like... Every time there's an emergency, like serious emergencies, and Laura's like, well, I don't care what's going on. Yeah, I love how Lola doesn't do anything. I'm not being funny. We never see her at work. We never. And when she is there, what is she doing? She just talks to the customers. But she can never take time off for Lexi. Ben always has to stop what he's doing. Exactly. Listen, I don't mind her. I like Lola from time to time. But this blooming storyline where she constantly comes back and forth going, you'll have to look after Lexi today. Lola. He runs a business. Chantel has a lot of time off. I'm sure they'll yes, allow exactly. Lola. Exactly. If they allow Chantel, Chantel's they're 100% allowing Lola. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Denise seems like the most relaxed boss. <laughs> That's what's so weird about this whole thing. It makes Denise look so bad. Oh, you can't have a day off, Lola. When you know for five fact, Denise would be like, yeah. I don't even think Denise would care. No. No one worked there. Let's be real. <laughs> to be fair, I want to be employed by Denise. I personally think that place is just so that they can all socialise. Because every time we go into that hairdresser, <laughs> they're, they're all talking. just talking. Yeah. They're all just talking. No one's had their hair cut for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they're all down to their ankles now <laughs> but i digress back to the story after obviously jay tells lola ben can't hear yeah thankfully she's uh she's a little bit more supportive <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she is she, she kind of turns a corner but she's like maybe i shouldn't keep putting so much on him right okay yeah i'll take lexi today then I love how they sit him down and they want to chat to him and Jay's like, listen. And Ben's like, did you seriously just say listen? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love, I love these moments like where, you know, they, they take a serious topic, turn it on its head, make it a little bit humorous. It's how we deal with a lot of our own problems in life. So yes, they've took him to the doctors. They've made him go to the doctors. He has his hearing test with some very jazzy headphones, by the way. Jazzy. Very jazzy. I didn't understand the doctor because he knows that Ben can't hear. Yeah. Yet is not speaking directly at him. No. Kind of speaking to Lola and Jay. Yeah, it was very weird. It was almost like they were his parents. You know, yeah. like when you were little That's and you'd have your parents like. in the room with you. It definitely felt like that. Yeah. It definitely felt like that. I was like, sorry, that's not their child. He's like older than both of them. I love how they're obviously texting him because oh, yeah. obviously Ben can't hear them. So we obviously need to see or hear the text. So yes, instead, so they they just get Lola to talk into our phone. It's like what they do. What's <laughs> it where they do it in um, plays and stuff, don't they? Where obviously you can't hear the thoughts of a character. So instead, they do large, long soliloquies. <laughs> yes, I shall defeat you. Or like, yes, Othello, you will pay for this. Like, you know, like those sorts of like soliloquies. That's kind of what we've been getting. Very, very Shakespearean. Connor, the modern day Shakespeare modern over here. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where. There's not a line from Othello, by the way. You know, we, we studied it for yes. Studied it for yes, but that's did. definitely not a not a line from. Yes, Othello, I shall kill you. <laughs> I definitely remember a line of Beasts of Two Bats. I always remember that because never forget our teacher doing that line over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So yes, Lola's doing her best Shakespearean uh, performance. She's like. Siri, <laughs> can you tell Ben? Tell Ben we are so sorry that you cannot hear this. And then she just puts the phone to him. Like, I mean, come on, poor Ben. He must be getting tired of this routine. It must it must make him feel even worse when they're yeah. constantly doing this. Definitely, it would make me feel worse. But I do love the talking out loud as they're typing. I mean, who does that? No one goes, hello, I am. Do you know what I mean? All right, start. Oh, maybe we should do it. Let's make it a new thing, actually. We'll do it on here. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Emma? I I am good today. Thank you, Connor. I have to say, though, this whole thing of, like, texting on the phone to show him the message, it gave me such a flashback to one of our favourite documentaries. (gasps) Ooh. Now, I haven't told Emma, but I did say that it was going to be brought up. It's one of our... I don't know which one. I've been trying to think since he said it. You might have seen it. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, terrible but also hilarious. So, do you remember a little TV show, or a TV documentary, I should say, called A Girl Who Was Three Boys? Yes! 
<laughs> well, how oh, I did think she? Everyone's seen this, yeah. How did she communicate with everyone? <gasps> it yes. was by texting, and she would just go, "Yes, yes." They've just took a leaf out of her book. See, everyone's cottoned onto it. Shocking stuff that was. Shocking oh, stuff. Best documentary ever. <laughs> how didn't you know that it wasn't a boy? Well, he never spoke really. He just he just would type on his phone and just show us. <laughs> That wasn't ominous or suspicious to you. <laughs> On with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Ben is basically told that he's probably never going to hear again. He storms out naturally. He doesn't He's really upset. And then as this is all kind of going on, Stuart also finds out. And Stuart just barges into the house, gets angry, then finds out. <laughs> I love that Stuart does this. He does it every time. It's brilliant. He did it about five times last week as well, where he just barges into the Mitchell household, grabs Ben, or goes to attack Ben. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> maybe we just should act like adults and like calmly yeah. walk into houses and ask people. Talk it out. Yeah. yeah. Ask people what's going on. Why haven't I been informed of this? Instead, it's like, you've got my bra! Like... <laughs> Where's Callum? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So Jay's Love it. like, he can't hear you. So naturally, Stuart's lifetime oh, worth of lessons in sign language this is have paid probably off. probably one of my favourite scenes. I just loved it. I howled because... It's a Stuart, Stuart thing, that's why. It is so Stuart, isn't it? And it's Ben's reaction to Stuart doing it and Jay's like... <laughs> it's like they're so disgusted by it's it he goes, and confused. Ass. <laughs> Ass. And it's like... Hey, what about the what? police one way? Oh, yeah, police. <laughs> police. <laughs> I, did, I thought he was doing um, Linda still drinking from the bar. Da, 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 da. You know, when we, we're when shake, we do it, yeah. We wave our hands at the same time. You say, I forget you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, they can't see any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should actually film us doing... Our the podcast. podcast. Yeah. And I they think... would get to see quite a lot of weird things that we oh, do. Oh, they would love that. I'm sure. If tell you us... like that, please let us know. Yeah, tell <laughs> us. That, I'm sure you would like that. You should enjoy all the, all the, the laughter and the, the shocked reactions. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Stuart is trying his best. Trying his best. In classic Stuart style. And then eventually during this conversation, they twig that maybe Callum is still at that warehouse. Yay! They finally, they finally found him. It's only been a week, guys, but don't worry. I'm sure he's not skin and bones yet. I'm sure the foxes, the rats, and all the vermin of London haven't eaten him. I've um, renamed these three Callum's Angels. Good evening, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was that they said, what was it, Ken? Good morning, Callum's Angels. Yeah. <laughs> good morning, Callum. <laughs> um, well... It was a good morning for him because they finally found him. Yes! They finally went to that warehouse. That you know, that warehouse that everyone uses to keep people hostage. Even They've... again, really, Stuart was going around like, I've been here, he's all here. <laughs> and then can't hear anything, but he's shouting Callum and he kinda hears Callum shouting back, kind of, but he sees the medal, and that's when he knows. That's when he knows. I Callum's love it there. though, because do you know, I have to say <laughs> I did love it because it was almost like at first Ben was kinda like using the force like he was kind of like can't hear anything but he just like louise did yeah he did that louise mobile she went like he was kind of like i can sense a disturbance there's something not right yeah. here i can hear something could be rats could be the clanging of sheet metal but it could also be callum and then he sees the metal and he's like oh it's callum 
You know when he went up to the bit where he saw the medal, I was like, is he going to actually just jump and go? Just go straight down. <laughs> yeah. I thought, please don't. We can't have another no, one. No, don't do it. Don't have another one. I'll, I'll die bef- if we have another oh, Where's Ben and Callum. Like, oh. <laughs> if it took another week for them both to be found. I, I would need a lie down. It was like the, the tension, the tension uh-huh. all week. I was, I was like, like, just oh. find them. My anxiety was like peaking. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Well, thankfully, he's found safe and sound. Yeah. Safe and sound. Ben puts his coat over him, gets his coat, gets his coat, and Babe will be proud. Um, puts <laughs> his coat on him, then feels really guilty, really, really guilty for like obviously what's happened. Mm. And Callum goes to hospital, thinks that obviously Ben has kind of deserted him because he hasn't come to see him. And that's when Stuart says, Well, he's kind of he's deaf, he's and deaf, and he's blaming all this himself. that's happened. And he's like, Boat crash, long story. Oh, yeah, but so, don't worry, Callum. We have a recap for you. Previously on EastEnders. That was a boat fight and a crash. Bex was on drugs. Whitney killed Leo. Sonia needs a new kettle, apparently. Ian locked Denny in a room. Denny's dead. Bobby beaten up. Peter returns with a new head. Mick and Linda almost got a divorce. They're fine now. Shirley tried to find you. Didn't do a very good job. Sharon gave birth. Karen named the baby. Bobby wants Dottie out of those overalls. And Bex randomly moved in with Ikra and Habiba after never speaking to them. And that's what you missed on EastEnders. So while we're updating Callum as he's in hospital, he's on his drip, he's finally getting the liquids. Yeah, he just needs a quick quick 24 hours on his liquids. He'll be fine. He wasn't really in there that long. No, he wasn't, was he? So while all that was happening, obviously Ben can't hear and he stepped out in front of oh, Keegan's yes. motorbike. Oh, when that happened, I was like, I was like oh, for God's sake, I don't need two of you in hospital. Not another one in hospital. Not another think the, one. Not another one. <laughs> Keegan almost, I mean, Keegan's had some brushes with the law recently. The last thing he needs is to hit a deaf man. I mean, they were definitely, you know, they're just looking for an excuse around there. But this led to a heart-to-heart with Kathy, who didn't know until Lexi blurted it out, which we'll go on to later. Oh, yeah, much Over later. dinner, that Ben was deaf. Can we just talk about the fact that Kathy Wright, who is his mother... Hasn't spoken to him hasn't for... Hasn't spoken to him for like, about a week. Yeah. Also hasn't noticed any... It just goes to show, doesn't it, that, like, she mustn't have that much interaction if she hasn't noticed his behaviour. Jay, who is his friend-slash-sort-of-brother knew before she did yeah she's his biological mother my mom knows everything that goes on in my life i could walk into my mom's house and if i wasn't having a good day my mom go are you all right yeah, exactly mine knows straight away yeah like it's just a look i'll give she'll be like see you're right but while they're having the heart to heart Stuart brings callum home to ben <gasps> oh i love that Stuart did that as well by the yeah, way. it was so nice it was a bit like Oh, he's kind of like warming to them now. He's kind yeah. of like on board with them. He's kind of shipping Balam with the rest of what I love it. So yeah, Stuart brought Callum and obviously Callum was a uh, sussed out what's gone on and why Ben's being so like off with him. But Ben then has to tell him that basically he can't hear. He's probably never gonna hear again. And doesn't really want Callum he's trying to push Callum away. Again, trying, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want Callum to in his own mind, I think he doesn't want Callum to like waste his time with him or have to deal with all the stress that'll yeah. come with it. Like, and so he's trying to push him away again. He's trying to push him up, push him away, push those walls back up. He always does that when he's in some sort of yeah. need or crisis. He yeah. just tries to push everyone away. He pushes everyone Callum. away and puts the walls straight he, up. I think he feels like he's going to hurt him. Yeah, or like cause... Rather than thinking Callum could help him, he's thinking, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. You get on with it. I You're think, too good for me, things like that. I think Ben doesn't also like feeling like a burden. Yeah. I feel like that's also, I think Ben likes to think that he can just do it on his yeah, own a lot of Yeah, he can deal with everything, yeah. And he can't. And like, 
at the end of the day, none of it matters to Callum. He says it, doesn't he? He says, hearing or no hearing, I'd do you in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I mean, that was everything, wasn't it? I think everyone on Twitter collectively went, oh. And then went, huh. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, it's lovely and also a little bit naughty. We all love a little bit of a naughty line on EastEnders, don't we? We do, we A little do. bit of tongue-in-cheek. A little he also bit of drew... I heart you oh, on his back. Oh, I literally melted when I saw that, you know. <laughs> I like turned to my partner. I was like, why don't you ever do that? It was, and he was like, well, you're not deaf. I was just going to say. just <laughs> 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 need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was so lovely. It just made my whole week that. I'm so glad that this whole crisis with like Callum being kidnapped and, and you know, the stress that I've felt over this. So it's been the most stressful thing in my life this year, I think. <laughs> like... Just having that moment where he was just there for Ben and loving Ben and and Balam's still still a thing. After all of this, it survived still. It's surviving a lot of things. That it means has. it's strong. It is strong. It's strong. The force is strong with Balam. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything was starting to go well and the and Ben was finally like, Yeah, I'm not gonna push him away. I do yeah. need him and then his hearing gets worse. Yeah. And he's banging the pans. God when he was banging those pans, I was like, because oh, it's just heartbreaking. It was it? so heartbreaking. When you can see him screaming. Obviously, we can't hear it because we're here and Ben's hearing. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I will. But I, I did. You're like hearing what he Experiencing hears. Experiencing it. Yeah, so you, you know what he's going through. You know, like, I'm never one for their experimenting. But I have to say, the wowders with the experimentation on the, the boat week, you know, the oh anniversary God, yeah. week, that was amazing. And their experimentation here with the sound effect. At first, I was I was a little bit nervous when they said they yeah. were going to change it. I was like, How's it go? I don't want it to be too ridiculous. I don't want it to come across jokey because, you know, the, this is a serious topic. A lot of yeah. people have lost their hearing or are born without hearing. So you want it to work. Yeah. You want it to be the right representation. Exactly. And I have to say, I thought, it was great. Yeah, it put us in Ben's shoes. And also when the doctor was talking to him, he was saying like the kind of things Ben would hear. Yeah. And that's exactly what you were hearing with Ben. Exactly. I'm just saying it's been brilliant. It's, it, and I look forward to what else comes down the line. As much as my heart's breaking for Ben, I love this storyline. Yeah, it's I have. really I have, good. I have to agree. I concur. Max, you're doing a blooming good job. You are. Well. We're not the kind of people who gossip. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not. Not us. But Denise and Chantel. I was living for Detective Denise's gossiping. Living for it. <laughs> getting my whole life. Getting my whole family's history life. Like, it was everything. I loved when she was like, wow. <laughs> Jack obviously can't, can't say much. It always starts with a well, doesn't it? As well, you know, whenever, whenever <laughs> someone's about to tell just... a secret or, or, or well. gossip. Well, let us tell you. Sit yourself down. Get well, yourself you'll never guess. Well, 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 <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, you should have seen. Well, <laughs> all the different ways you can say well by Connor and Emma. <laughs> <laughs> An audio book by Emma and Connor. It's like dictionary, but for wells. Yeah, it just says well. Over well. 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 <laughs> yes. Denise. Yeah, so Jack couldn't say much. Yeah. But he did say some stuff, which he probably shouldn't have. I mean, it's Jack, though. Let's be real. That Classic man, Jack. That man has never obeyed the law. No. He's always represented it, but he's never obeyed it. <laughs> Our lovable bent copper. We love him. Love him. We'll love him. 
As soon as, <laughs> soon as he goes around the square, they're straight away there. <laughs> Jack, could you just kind of like get rid of these parking tickets for me? Jack. I love you, it. Could you get Phil's passport back? Because <laughs> I know he's just a solid man, but like... I've I need a good holiday. I've got a gun to Portugal. <laughs> and I mean, you know... It's a bit hard because I've also got Melon on me back telling us that she wants this villa. So I love that he always does it as well. I love him. He's just like, all right. He's like, all right. All right yeah. <laughs> Suppose I know, can. He's just got his job back, but... I mean, he's just serving <laughs> tea, but you know, he's, he's working his way up there. He's working his way up there. I just love it. Gives them all the inside goss. Oh, he does. So yes. Um, Denise is like, well, well, Jack said, Jack <laughs> said, Whitney's confessed to killing Leo. And Chantel's like, Whitney? Exactly. Chantel's just as shocked. She doesn't believe it. No one, no believes, one believes it. it. We don't believe it. Free Whitney. Free Whitney. <laughs> I've got the poster sorted. We just need the t-shirts. They're now. coming. They're, They're coming. coming. We're going to get one of their big banners. Yeah. We're going to get one of them big banners, you know, that they always pull out in those pictures. <laughs> Hashtag free Whitney. <laughs> we'll all sing. We shall not, we shall not be moved outside of the, yeah. outside of the court. Yes, we will. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready for it. We were ready to rescue Callum if no one rescued him. Well, we're ready to rescue Whitney too, guys. Free Whitney. Free Whitney. Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I think they're ready to free Whitney. But not just that. Denise had to talk about her traumatic time. (laughs) Get her just on the boat. I have to. I have to talk about that. I'm just lucky to be alive. Oh, it was like a proper Louise moment. (laughs) It was, wasn't it? It was such a Louise moment. And I just was like, oh, I miss Louise now. Because that was something she would have done. Denny's literally dead. Sharon is absolutely yeah. destroyed. Whitney has been arrested for murdering you. But Denise is Denise had a life. hell of a time. <laughs> I love her. Denise has been to hell and back. <laughs> to hell and back. She was on that boat. And also, where the heck is Patty? Where is Patty? I haven't seen him Where since is then. Patty? <gasps> I'm going to have to make posters about that. Where is Patty? We'll have to get one of them little, like, have you seen this dog or cat? Like, yeah, but have you seen this man? Have you seen Patty? Have you seen Patty? <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking about doing that. Start handing around in, like, city centres. Have you seen this man? All week. No one said where he was or anything, but we've seen no. everyone else that he's I normally with, but we haven't seen him. And I was I'm thinking... starting to think, has Cherie murdered him? Has Wanda come back and murdered him? I was definitely thinking of wanted posters. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. I'm going to start putting them up around here. I don't know if anyone here will help, because obviously... It's not Walford, yeah. but it's a good start. It's a good start. Speaking of needing help, I mean, everyone had nowhere to turn, really, with this whole Whitney campaign, free Whitney campaign. So they went naturally <laughs> to the, the only expert on the square. Well, as he called himself, Albert Square's legal representative. He's a bit like Jack, who's their resident policeman. Mm. But he is their legal representative. It's true. Everyone just goes to them, too. It's true. It's true. Gray should have known when he moved to the square. He should have. I mean... I think Gray is kind of like a really weird like contrast to Jack. Jack is like this non-law-abiding police officer, but is a white knight. He is really good. He looks after everyone. Lovely man. Lovely man. Gray on the other side is evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also obeys the law. <laughs> so weird. It's so strange. <laughs> like obviously not in his own life <laughs> obviously oh, not no. in his own life. No. But like whenever they come to him he's like oh sorry can't do that. No. It would be wrong of me. It would be wrong of me. I've you got know, too many cases. I don't think that's him being a good at his job or anything. Yeah. That's him being, no, I've got control of all this. True. And I hate everyone. True. And I'm just going to be angry. That's your explanation. Because I, I want like, the control. I want the power. I want you all to want me. But I'm not going to help any of you. Yeah. He did kind of come across as like citizen's advice, didn't he? Where they were all just like, what do we do? <laughs> and he always go to him for like advice. I'm just like... Well, you could try going to Citizens Advice. I'm sure it's open. It's just down the road. Like, 
Gray is like just a random man doing his life. Whether or not, no one knows how bad he is really. Well, no one, no one does so, for the moment. So to them, he's just an ordinary <laughs> bloke. But they think, I tell you what, I'm going to go knock <laughs> on his door at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, he's got a job. But I tell you what, I'll just go knock on his door and ask for some legal advice. <laughs> I mean, people normally charge for that. <laughs> like, yeah. I love when he was like, I've got all these cases. I can't put any on the back burner. And they're like, well, just put some aside. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. We'll just forget about the... You know, burglary, the the murder, the triple homicide, the you know manslaughter cases. The... Push them to one side. Yes, yeah, don't worry them. about any of those. You know, real dark, dark, dark but cases. If you think about it, just the other week he could do Linda's divorce papers dead quick. He had nothing on. True. Now suddenly he's got everything know, on. <laughs> to be fair, it comes back to what we were saying last week, weren't it? We we are convinced he's like he's definitely one of those teachers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, his niece, the teachers with his auto fill forms. Right. She. Yep. Linda, yeah. uh huh. Name done. of divorcee, Linda <laughs> Carter. I yeah. bet he made one error in there. I bet when Mick yeah. looks back now, yeah, he'd be like, "Wait, it says he." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, always the same, isn't it? So yes, <laughs> eventually he caves and he's like, "Well, I'll go see her then." But I think actually now think about that. It's also him then like, actually, no, I want to keep everyone on the side, so I'm going to look like the good guy. Exactly. I'm doing this because I want to, but that actually, is him. I don't want to do he it. He wants to be Jack. He wants to be seen as Jack. Yeah. He wants to be seen as the good old, reliable friend to everyone, the yeah. hero of the piece. Well, he's not really Jack, though, is he? He's evil, and he's conniving, <laughs> and he's, you know, yeah. control freak, like you said. So, yeah, he decides to go help in his own way. But while all this was going on, Dottie and Bex decided to revisit the crime scene. And also, I noticed... Must run in the family, doesn't it? This <laughs> macabre interest. Yeah. I also noticed that there, the Slater said that Sonia and Martin and Dottie were living in their house. Uh, yes! Excuse me? <gasps> so, Martin lied to Stacey about having an affair with Sonia. The Slaters were very angry about that. Yes. But come on in! Come on in! I love how it just takes a death to bring everyone together, doesn't it? <laughs> Old rivalries just put to bed. As soon as Does that mean Stacey can come back now? I hope so, because I'm, I'm blooming sick of not having her. I, I am starved of Stacey. I need please come some Stacey content. Please come back, please. We miss you. I know you're on maternity leave, but please come back. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're being selfish, but please come back. We are. Um, I just love that Dottie and Bex went straight back into the house. I wouldn't even live in that house. No. I wouldn't go near that house. I would think it was a haunted house, me. Not a chance. You know Sharon's going about all the ghosts yeah. out in the attic in the Vic? I tell you what, that's definitely got a ghost or two in it. I mean, if there's one ghost you definitely don't want, it's Leo's. I know, <laughs> creeping around. He's, He's already living already. in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be up there forever now, oh. where he likes to be. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. At least the ghost version of him won't need the toilet. True, and he won't need to worry about waking yeah. anyone up because he's got to go downstairs for a snack. True. Like, say, he's, he's fine now. I uh, love how Dottie made this all about her, oh, a bit like Louise and Denise it. and all that, and I love this one because she was like, well... He kissed me and called me wit once. This could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> and Bex is I like, I'm so glad like... I don't live here anymore. I know, I know. I'm so glad I just invited myself to someone else's house. Oh, but Dottie's love loving it. Loving it. For a second, I thought, are they going to start like opening it up for like a haunted house tour? You know, in America, well, they do the murder house tours. I did say when the body was there, Sonia was just letting people come I and mean, have a look. Pay entry, come exactly. on. Exactly. It makes sense. I would expect that from Dottie. Dottie's the kind of person I imagine has like, Top Trump's the serial killer edition. <laughs> you know, who you got? John Wayne Gacy. Do you think she'll be the one that opens it up and is like, come oh, on yeah, in, everyone? She definitely would. Apparently, there's a ghost that haunts this house. And if you can, if you just stand here for a second, 
They say you can still hear him shouting Whitney from upstairs. She's the kind of person, the kind of person who would do that. Yeah, she is. She is. She's like the Jack the Ripper tour guide, isn't she? <laughs> Come round, come see where people were murdered. Which is like the Leo King version. Yeah. <laughs> he once, you know, the ghost called me Whitney. <laughs> yes, he would do that, <laughs> wouldn't she? <laughs> then she'll go, and this is also Denise. She's got to so <laughs> I am just so lucky to be alive. <laughs> the same night that Whitney had murdered Leo, I was on a boat and it almost crashed. I'm just lucky to be alive. I'm just lucky to be here. She's lucky to be here. But yeah, the Slater house, everyone moved in there. So big that house, clearly. It's like Christmas a couple of years ago where everyone How were they lived all there? there. Yeah, God, that was so bad. I just don't get where they're all sleeping. Especially because we know now Daniel, as yeah. we'll talk about later, moved in and he had Mo's bed. <laughs> where if she's sleeping? I'm so confused. So, like, you know, nightmare tenants and slum landlords, just beds everywhere. And is Martin, <laughs> is Martin sleeping in his like own bed where he used to sleep before? Yes. You know, they got That's rid of him and he went bad. Be like lying there with Sonia, being like, it's a little bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Topping and tailing with your ex in your ex's bed. <laughs> so weird. So weird. So weird. Who would let them in? I'm sorry. I will be livid. I personally want Hayley Slater to come back just so she can go, You! <laughs> 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 you! Don't ever do that again! I just shove Martin down the stairs. I think that's what was needed in the whole situation. <laughs> that would have made so much more sense to me than the reaction that every other Slater in that house had. <laughs> Literally, Kat is like the last person who would be like, come on in. Exactly. And Jean was so angry about it. I mean, she's probably one of those that would probably be like, well, they don't have anywhere to live. Yes. But she would still be like, I yes. hate you. <laughs> I expect. But Kat. Yeah. Kat no. Mo definitely wouldn't. Neither of them two would. They hold grudges forever. Yeah. Look at Kat, she still hasn't forgiven Belinda for, like, their childhood. <laughs> you know, like, the fact that Belinda, like, was the goody two-shoes yeah. of their family. She still hates her own sister for that. Surely gonna let Martin through. I like to see this, actually, <gasps> as they're clearly going to put Martin and Stacey back together. True, that's a positive. Because if you notice in the back of every scene, there's always pictures of them, too, with the kids. I know, I know. So I like fun. to think that as a hint. Good Martin's returned. Good Martin will be back. Stacey will be back. Everything will be Happy good. families will return. Normality will return in the square. Thank you. The order <laughs> will be restored. Yeah. Yeah. So whilst everyone's playing happy families, poor Whitney's languishing in her cell. Yeah, she's having a good time. No, no one's... I mean, everyone's talking about her, but like obviously she's not had anyone visit her. God knows where Bianca is, gallivanting around the country. We know Carol's got a new man, so she's not <laughs> come to visit her granddaughter. And if you think, if Bianca just didn't do what she was doing in the first place, chatting to this Leo and yeah. giving him money to like, get him away... It's all Bianca's fault. Yeah, and just told Whitney about it all. He wouldn't have even met Whitney. Maybe if Bianca just sorted that out with the courts... That might have just not happened. Not return to the square. Not return to the square. Not well. I guess she had to because of the wedding. I would have been angry about that. True. <laughs> true. So Whitney's speaking to the police, saying how, as we thought, Leo did fall on the night. Yeah, he did. He I slept. was wondering why she said she stabbed him because I was like, he definitely <laughs> fell. Yeah. And Gray's there to help her plead her case and say like, actually, you know, she didn't do it, yeah. and what she's saying is the truth. Mm-hmm. Even though he definitely looks slightly suspicious, even though he hated Leo, which I mean, is very odd. I wouldn't trust him anyway. Uh, I've got two things to say about this. Firstly, I wouldn't trust him as a representative, considering he's hired Leo. Yeah. Secondly, I wouldn't trust him as a representative because he knows Whitney. Yeah, he knows both of them and he literally hired Leo. Is there laws that stop him from representing people who like, know, you know and are friends I'm with? I'm sure you can't. It's so weird. Or maybe you can. Who knows? Who knows? If it's anyone studies law, yeah. <laughs> if anyone studies law, 
Oh, let yeah. us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> is it all right for Grey to represent Whitney? Would it be seen as unprofessional or illegal? I guess they don't hang out. True. I suppose it's true. I mean, I just would look at his record as well. You know, like when he's like representing and it's like he's got like an assault charge <laughs> when he got in trouble with the, the whole thing at a nightclub. Oh, where, yeah. Yeah, remember? So... That's true. You would look at him and go, hmm. Bit suspicious. Bit suspicious. Are we forgetting that? Yeah. So, yes, Whitney obviously gives her defense. Um, the police aren't believing her no, at all. They're not. Gray's like, uh oh. So, go see everyone in the Vic because they're asking about her. I know. I love it. I love that they need to go meet up for updates from him. It is like that. It's like, <laughs> you do realize you're not allowed to talk about cases. Well, you know, it's Albert Square, you know, Jack does. <laughs> no, it goes around. Now Grey's just doing it. And he's just sat there going, well, well, <laughs> well. Grey said. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. So yeah, he goes and sees Mick, doesn't he? So Mick obviously doesn't confess anything when if everyone's there. Because yeah. you, you wouldn't. wouldn't. I mean, yeah. no one knows what he was up to that, that night. And if yeah. anyone finds out what he's done, they're probably pretty. Angry. I mean, it's still covering up a murder or attempting to cover up one. I know he gave up halfway through the night, but you know, <laughs> exactly. still counting it. So he takes Grey to one side, chats to him, and Grey's like, Yeah, you would also go to prison. I, know, I love that. <laughs> yeah, things are looking really bad right now. You you tried to cover up a murder here. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Why did you do this? But don't that. worry, there's an illegal thing we can do. <laughs> so you're safe. Trust Grey to come and be like, don't worry, we can do something really illegal. <laughs> I do it all the time. Well, this is the man that hired Leo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all know what kind of man Grey is. So, you know, it's just unfortunate Mick hasn't cottoned on because yeah. I can see this ending badly for him. So obviously Mick goes and gives a false, slightly false alibi. I mean, as you do. <laughs> because obviously they have Whitney's phone records and know that she phoned Mick. So Mick has to say why she phoned. Mm. Not that it was that she really needed needed help because he's dead in the kitchen. It's that she didn't want to go to the party. I think like with all of this, it's so weird because Leo's dead. I mean, he was doing all the crimes. Yeah, yet yeah. Kush is in trouble because he pushed him. Callum had that moment where he punched Leo. Yeah. And then got in trouble. Whitney's stabbed him, but well, he fell on the knife. Yeah. And now Mick's covering up a murder <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like everyone do you know what's really weird though it's actually really good representation of the real life stories that have happened yeah where like women aren't believed about exactly because if you think of the way the police were going on they were not believing her at all even though she and gray were saying yeah. how have you not seen all the reports they've put in it's like catalogued you're just ignoring them and that is the truth and it's really good that east Enders are doing this to give some representation of that I'm excited to see where it continues to go. I know. I'm just so scared for Whitney. I'm actually scared for all of them now because I'm like, look at how many of them are like involved. I know. I know because that's the thing. Literally, when he gives that alibi, the police are like, yeah. well, hold on. Well, it's a bit You've where he got... said, well, I just marched us straight up the stairs. Come on, Mick. <laughs> Mick, that sounds quite threatening, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just dragged her off. Just hit her over the head with a club and dragged her off. I also think, the police were right to be suspicious a little because they're like looking at the people who are giving all these yeah. alibis and it's like, best friend of Whitney. <laughs> Whitney's ex-boyfriend. Best ex-boyfriend, yeah. Um, father-in-law. But that's the only one I would question there. Mm. The father-in-law, because it doesn't mean they ended on good terms. True. And, and also, also Grey, because Grey, Grey technically employed no real... Leo. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So why would he represent her? Is exactly. what I would question. But yeah, they don't believe any of them because they're like, hold on. Kush, boyfriend of the best friend, 
you've got Chantal's husband. Like, all these people would be like, mm. so they don't believe her naturally. But they did give a shout out. Yes. To Kathleen. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were so excited by this. Anytime Red Water's brought, it is just such an anomaly. <laughs> it's such, such a fantastic... Fantastic beast of East Enders history, isn't it? As soon as Kathleen was mentioned, we just couldn't help but think of that woman. That old woman. You stay away from my family, Kathleen. <laughs> I just love her. <laughs> just love her. Thank you, East Enders, for oh. bringing Kathleen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So obviously they only mentioned Kathleen because Mick had just said in his alibi, like, they missed the coach because that was the reason yeah. he marched her up the stairs. Yeah. And they had to go and get in a taxi or whatever mm-hmm. with... Kathleen. Kathleen. And Cush. Mick and Whitney in there as well. And that was just suspicious to them that someone could be stabbed, lying in the kitchen. You're off You're off party. Partying. Yeah. And it's all been recorded that this is where you were. It was probably one of the and this worst was ideas of Mick. I feared for Whitney. Mm. I was like, Mick, you've made this twice as bad now. So yeah, Whitney's in trouble. But I'm having a premonition like Mystic Moon. Are you getting Whitney Grey vibes? Oh, yeah, 100%. I had it ages ago. There was mm. this scene where she was looking at him out the window and I just thought, uh-oh, <gasps> something's going to happen I mean, there. come on, wait. Come, like, she... Uh, she attracts I love the bad her, ones. But she literally has the worst taste in her. <laughs> it was that time when he walked in, when Grace said that he'll help her. She hugs him and I was oh, like, uh-huh. oh, here we go. Here we go. We all... Uh, I've just felt like this... It's theory time. There's been seeds sown about Grey and Whitney for ages and potentially of a baby. Chantal loses her baby. Grey still wants a child. Whitney, her words when she was worried about going to jail was that she wouldn't be able to have children. Come on, EastEnders. We weren't born yesterday. <laughs> we are. We know what's We're coming. We're smart people. We are. We are. I mean, we say that and then we think of some <laughs> lot of our theories. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, our life isn't could it get any worse? I'm not sure how. Well, let's hope that they believe her and she... Let's get her free. She gets free. If not, we've got with posters, we're getting with t-shirts. Let's free Whitney. Hashtag free Whitney. So whilst we're pondering what the future may hold for Whitney, we know what the future holds for Bobby because he's going to be all right. He's made a miraculous recovery. It's like... Bobby's gonna be all right oh it is <laughs> love that bobby like a lot of people on the square might have come in with serious trauma to the head but he's gonna be all right fine the next day well martin Magic. fowler was once hit by a bus and fine within like less than an hour <laughs> so callum starving malnourished probably possibly injured from his fall and definitely injured in the face perfectly fine in 24 hours after a little drip don't you worry and who's there to greet him when he wakes up well, this was funny. Well. Him and his brother recognising each other. I mean. Brand new actors there. Yep, totally never met once, but, <laughs> you know. They have something in common. Both returnees with a new head. True. True. And Giant Peter, that's what I'm going to call him now. Giant Peter, because he is enormous. Love him. So tall. He's like literally the tallest man on the square. You know what we always used to joke about? Callum being really tall. Now well, he's nothing compared, is he? Nah. Callum's like a dwarf compared to... I need them to stand next to each other, actually. That would be everything. That would be good. Then we could really gauge the height. Literally, if you were to date him, they're going to have to get, like, a box to stand on. they're going to have to have a stool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very hard for that. 
<laughs> but they had lovely little family time. Everyone's hugging. Ian's like happy to see Peter. And then they all go home. Bobby kindly offers Peter. Kindly offers Peter to bunk in with him. Peter's face. <laughs> Peter's like, you killed our sister. Yeah. My twin. Yeah. No. You can yeah. see that his voice screaming. Yeah. A little bit orcs because you kind of know that Bobby's a murderer, like, and for <laughs> Peter, who's not really seen him since the whole no, thing, never like, liked him after that. No, was like, he left, been, yeah. left the country. Off he went. That's a bit that's confused me. He left before Kathy came back. Yes, yes, and they're acting as if they've met each other. Yeah, Kathy was dead for about twenty years. <laughs> I'm so confused. He never even knew she was alive. Last time he ever <laughs> no. heard anything about her, she was dead. Come on, extend. I know Lauren knew that she was back, so maybe mm. she's went home and went. You know what, Peter? Actually, your grandma alive. Oh, anyway, yeah, crack <laughs> on. <Imagine> that just <laughs> spoils that. <laughs> your brother's dead. Your brother fathered a baby to my sister, and cheat on me. Oh, your grand's back from the dead. Very much alive. She's back very much alive. Square. I would love to see that actually. Laura just toddling back into uh, you know <laughs> New Zealand, being like, "Harry, Peter, um, yeah." Nice spin-off. Yeah. Speaking of spin-offs. I have the perfect one for Bobby Beale. <gasps> so he likes to rate food, I've noticed. He rated prison food yes. better than hospital food. Now, wouldn't you like to see Bobby Beale going around these establishments, rating their meals? Oh, that would be like a little... Not quite prison value. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine him going around all the shops, going to their basic section, their yeah, taste yeah. different section, and rating them against prison food. Everything. I'd love that. That would be everything. Why is that not a show? Get this made, EastEnders. Come on. Come on. And then we're going to have a spin-off where Bobby and Ian make food at Wolf at East. And then Bobby tests it all. Yes. And decides if it's hospital level or, or prison. prison level. <gasps> Maybe you could make some prison food. I did enjoy his joke about prison, though, because that was when Peter was getting a bit more angry. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you remember why you went there? Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah you, you killed my sister. <laughs> you killed our sister. My twin. Yeah, you killed her. All while Lola randomly watched on. Why was she there? They oh went out for what, a couple of months, maybe? All I, all I want to say is if Lola... And that was weird anyway. That was a strange pairing. Oh, it was so odd. I was not okay I was, with that I one. I was not a fan of it. I haven't said that. If Lola wants to go with Peter, that's more than fine. Because I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get his coat. <laughs> <laughs> Growing tension between Peter and Bobby. And you know what that is? That means it's a perfect time for a family meal. Of course it is. And Lola. And Lola's already randomly waiting there because she knew Peter was coming home. I, I don't get that. That was weird. She's family. <laughs> Kathy, you're not even family. Where's Kathy from? She's family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's because we can't do our voice, can we? Um, let's try. She's family. She's family. <laughs> family. <laughs> For <laughs> <Just> family, <laughs> do, you know, do you know why I can't do it? Um, so yeah, Kathy, you know, tells everyone that she's family. Despite I don't think she's ever had even a line with her, um, <laughs> but it's family apparently. Family, but never saw her for like, the entire time that Lexi was alive, or, or when she was carrying Lexi, never knew her. No. <laughs> family though. So yes, um, Kathy Kathy announces the family and they all have a family meal. With Lola, who technically invited herself, really, because she just hung around. She did a Bex. Yeah. Can I come live here? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it because Lola didn't really... There wasn't really a big thing with her and Peter. Yeah, I didn't think it was was as big. No, I just remember 
fancying Jay, but running off with that Dexter guy instead and leaving oh, him. Oh, yeah, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. I won't forget. <laughs> yeah, we don't forget, Lola. <laughs> we don't forget. But at least Lexi was there. Oh, to she... To throw some home truths out during I mean. that dinner. <laughs> she did everything that we want from EastEnders. We're having this really tense moment. Peter's obviously fuming that his, like, murderous brother's, like, sat across from him. <laughs> He's also not too happy with his dad. His grandma's pretending she's dead now knows him, apparently. Like, all of this tension. His ex is there. All this tension. So, naturally, Lexi comes to break the tension. <laughs> she reminds them how Bobby set fire to the house. Oh, yeah. How Ian chucked him out. Yeah. And that Ben's death might actually lose all of his hearing. Mm. And Lola's like... Lexi, what have I told you about listening to adult conversations? I love her. I love her now. Like, literally. I thought I loved her after the talent show, but that is it. That was iconic. That was iconic. It's like Jean telling her truth. Do you remember that? Like, where she just oh, annihilated everyone. That was It was, was like, such a moment like that. And I was like, go on, Lexi. Tell them all. <laughs> Tell them how Bobby keeps seeing his dead sister lying on the floor. And how Callum had to save him because he jumped in front of a train. I took some pills. Tell them all. Tell go them all. Go on. Let's share. <sighs> Love it. Because wasn't it. it all because Kathy was saying how everything's behind them now? And yeah, Kathy was They're doing, all together again. Doing that thing where they just pretend nothing happened. But by the end of it, she said she had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kathy. <laughs> I do. That was brilliant. She was like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> she must get sick of making these family meals because yeah. she makes them, spends all that time making them, and then the are always ruined. ruined. Always. Naturally, we have to move on to someone else who's having real issues. <laughs> you know, everyone else is having these, like, mundane issues that, you know... Yeah, like, Lola says, Peter's back. And yeah, Peter's back. Peter's is that Bobby's alive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Bobby's is that his hospital food wasn't as good as prison food. Exactly. All of their tiny mundane problems. So it's a bit like Denise, you know, where she was like, I could have died. <laughs> like, it was like that moment. Well, someone who's struggling because... Her loved one did die. Yeah. It's Sharon. Sharon has literally lost her child. And no one for a day at least. That's what it felt like. To care. Felt like they were still going on with their own problems and like acting like something could have happened to them on the boat. Yeah. And they're all having dinners and stuff. But you're fine. Denny's dead. But she goes outside, she's sitting on Arthur's bench, she's just there with a new baby who we now know the name of, but we didn't at this moment in time. Nameless child. She's nameless, she sat in her own thoughts, clearly. And Karen comes along, comes to see her grandson, a bit too cheery. I <laughs> thought that too. She was like ecstatic and I'm a bit like, Karen, I know you're excited for your grandchild, but Sharon has just lost her son. Why is everyone suffering from amnesia? Did everyone hit their head on that boat? Sharon has lost her child. I love when Karen picked up the baby and was like, he looks like his dad. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, bold. Def- definitely gonna be Phil then, isn't it? Bold. <laughs> I felt like also that comment was it's definitely so, foreshadowing what's to come. Of course it is. It's one of those Eastenders moments where they it better pro- be just because I like to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hope it is because you know I want more drama. <laughs> yeah, and that. Yeah. And then she announces to Sharon that Phil caused the crash. So to Sharon, if I you mean, think about it, Phil was part of Dennis's death. Yeah. So now we're part of Denny's as well. I know. That's got to be a massive moment, wasn't it? She will go on the warpath. She will. She will become like crazy Grandma Mel. I'm, I'm hoping she goes that way because I would love to see Sharon Watts on the warpath. Oh, yes. But what I have to say is, very interesting way of remembering the events, Karen. 
I don't know whether it's that Keanu gave you a certain version of the events or whether... Oh, definitely. Or whether you have changed the events. I'm not sure. But Keanu was definitely a participant I in that crash. I think it was both of them. Yeah. They were both fighting. Yeah. After saying, you know, how much he looks like, presumably Phil. <laughs> um, she decides she'll do do the naming. Sharon's got a lot on her plate. You know, burying her dead child. I'll do the naming of a new one for her. Take a weight off. So just goes through baby name she hasn't used. I just love her. <laughs> I live for that. Karen is that kind of person who, when you're in the doctor's surgery, you overhear them on the phone to like their like family members. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to name my baby Hunter. Like, you know, that sort of stuff. Karen gives me all those vibes. I love it. Well, it's a private conversation, but private you conversation, hear it all. But mega loud, yeah. 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 Mega loud. She gives us that vibe where she'll tell everyone under the sun the name of this baby before Sharon can <laughs> yeah. even get the chance to. Yeah. 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 She will. She'll phone up a taxi. Yeah, can I have a taxi? Oh, also, I've got a grandson called Caden. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll I do don't that. know exactly who you mean. I can picture That them. is exactly what she'll do. <laughs> you meet these people all the time. Yeah, I love her. I love her. <laughs> So she yes, as as I just said, she basically chooses the name Caden. Which Ian asks later on in the week, are you seriously gonna keep that name? I'm not sure how I feel about I'm it. I'm not I, I just don't think it fits. Yeah, I no. don't I mean you couldn't name that Ben Dennis, could you? Because I mean oh, that no. name is definitely cursed. No, no, no. You everyone with that name is dead. Goodness me, no. Everyone with that name is dead. But then again, Caden's got den in it. <gasps> yeah i just don't think it's i don't think it's a sharon name it doesn't feel like sharon no i mean it's probably because karen chose it <laughs> but yeah but like it just doesn't it doesn't feel right i don't know what it is about maybe it. that's why maybe it's it isn't a sharon name yeah she didn't choose it it just doesn't sit well with me i don't mm, think no no i'm not a fan of it yet maybe i will maybe i will who knows who knows maybe they'll just call him den for short oh <gasps> Please. But then again, we've just spoke about that. Yeah, true. Curse Cursed. Him. <laughs> Cursed him. So, she's still struggling, obviously. She goes home. Well, I say go home. She goes in the back door of Phil's house. We always know it's open. She lets herself in. She gets all of Danny's pictures. Really sad, actually, watching it. I felt like yeah. you were watching a real grieving mother. And then Ian finds her. She's taking pills. He thinks the worst. I mean, we watching it thought pill addiction storyline, maybe might be coming back because you know she's obviously in a struggling moment she's i feel like it was more of a nod to it to than it, the bringing it, it back because mm. obviously she's grieving and in that moment she didn't know what to do and she's just desperate she's just desperate desperate not to feel in pain isn't and she? i think it was just a nod to it with the pills which was good because i'm glad they finally yeah. recognized it again especially yeah, with what linda and that are going through as well because you've talked about it like every time we've every done week. every time we've done this podcast. <laughs> I'm whenever, pretty annoying, I know. Anytime we've talked about Linda's addiction, we've always brought up Sharon's. Yeah. So you've talked about it so much. And yeah, I agree. I think if it's a little nod, that was the perfect way to do it. It was so sad when she was like wanting to take the whole like the whole lot of them essentially and end her life. That was so sad to say Sharon brought that low. That low. Yeah. And it just goes to show Don't how important Denny was yeah. to her. Like later in the week as Shirley says he was our world yeah he was everything to her she'd done everything for him she everything revolved around yeah. him it was our it's son it's true it is true I mean he was her miracle baby yeah up until him she never knew she could have kids she thought she yeah. wouldn't be able to have kids so it's just so sad the way that's went and Ian obviously comes to comfort her 
and she says some heart-wrenching lines like he's never coming back oh yeah and i was just like oh god poor denny but then she also drops some more humorous leveled lines which i think is in very standard style when she had that line that was a bit tongue-in-cheek kept on changing <laughs> we know he had two different yeah. heads like, remember the original one? Hey, God, remember him? Long Look blonde Completely hair. different. Completely different. Completely different. But yeah, it was it was nice. They they balanced that out well. Yeah, that scene was really sad. Like that it was, was very emotional. So heartbreaking. It was definitely needed though as well because yeah. I felt like at first in the beginning of the week that Sharon wasn't getting that much attention. It felt weird on Monday not to give her, her f- a big yeah. part. I thought that too. Thank you. Yeah. I did think it was a bit odd. Considering she just lost Denny, I was like, I thought we were going to see her grieving the aftermath on Monday. Yeah, like m- main aftermath. Yeah. So it was nice to see on Tuesday mm-hmm. her actually grieving, doing those powerful scenes mm-hmm. that we actually wanted to see and we yes. were expecting. Everything that you would want. So we're going to skip to Friday. So Ian and Sharon have already had the heart to heart. They've had the heart to so heart. They're still friends. Yes. Ian's feeling a little bit guilty. Still feeling guilty though. And then the cafe and Dotty and Bex walk in and uh, they share what they thought about denny and like yeah. they're so sorry and weirdly dotty called him her boss yeah i didn't know i didn't know that i did i know he sat in the boss's chair and just kind of like played on his phone all day but like he wasn't the boss he wasn't the boss isn't that phil yeah and then surely if phil wasn't in yeah surely's like his lieutenant <laughs> to be fair even dotty would have been more of a boss than denny <laughs> oh bless he didn't work there. Very charitable of other He literally didn't work there. He couldn't. He was 13. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> child labour. I was like, eh? <laughs> Yeah, that is so odd. <laughs> Some kids have a paper round. Denny's working in the archers. <laughs> so then they go off and have a little bitch. And they're bitching about Ian. I love that. Donnie's suspicious that. and saying like things that she's creeped out by him and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of because like, uh, yeah <laughs> Dottie was bitching away and Peter was coming in and she was talking about Ian really loudly and everything that's happened and Bex was like doing the signal like to stop talking he's behind you <laughs> and it just reminded me of me and you in school when oh. I would have to tell you the teacher was behind you yeah lots of times like, lots of times a lot do you remember <laughs> <laughs> Stand, they're right behind you and um, then you would just get Connor out story of my life <laughs> I was always an entertainer. <laughs> I just, I'm living for everyone gossiping. It's like Detective Denise is just spread a contagion around. Everyone's gossiping and bitching. They're all like, well, well. well. <laughs> I love when Dottie was like saying that Bex is related to like everyone on the square. So that's why she wouldn't yeah. like feel the same things as she did about everyone. <laughs> I mean, it is true. Like, it's true. That square is a little bit incestuous. So yeah. Peter's in there, overhears it all. Yes. He's now suspicious. What was Ian up to? So after this, Dottie then goes to see Sharon because mm-hmm. Sharon wants to see her after hearing the whole thing about the boss. I think it's kind of <laughs> I bless. Like I feel like I feel like Sharon's just desperate to. She just wants to hear story, yeah, stories. stories. Yeah, she just wants to hear the stories about. We all love that. We all love talking about people we've lost, and everyone likes to have that connection. And so that's what she, she was doing she was calling dot over wasn't sure to have like a, a little catch-up well after calling denny a randy teenager oh yeah that was very that was odd i mean <laughs> at least sharon laughed yeah yeah i mean we all knew didn't we we all knew he fancied the pants he wanted he wanted dot yeah them overalls didn't he he did he, did. he was he jealous did. of bobby he was jealous of bobby that. yeah so she mentions ian and that he knows what happened that night oh Ooh. i love that because 
Sharon will literally murder Ian for this. I hate the fact they're going to break up I know, up it's so friendship. sad. So sad. Not okay with that. I was just like... Because oh. they've been in from the beginning. They've been friends since then. I think this is a bit too big of a fallout. Like, How are you going to mend this? I know. I'm, How are you going to mend this? I'm not keen. When they fall out, this is going to be permanent, isn't it? Yeah. Loss of your child. You're never going to forgive a man. Yeah. Doesn't matter who he is. Imagine. Like, you won't be like, it's all right, love. I know. I know. There's other context involved there. <laughs> you're never going to be that understanding. He's killed your child in your mind. So it's going to end their friendship. It's going to be devastating. So she goes to confront him in the Vic. And he makes up his own little story about... Because he's still wanting to dig that hole a bit deeper. Oh, you know, Ian. He doesn't want to admit what he's done. Where would uh, he learn that lying never works out in his standards? Everyone finds out. Sharon talks about like how she knows it's written on his face. Mm-hmm. And he just says it was because he was underage drinking. What's he going to do when she gets that voicemail? <laughs> when she gets that voicemail, Ian is going to die because it's one thing phil accidentally causing the cr- or unintentionally causing the crash but ian locking her son in a room in a sinking ship she might actually try and kill him <laughs> so peter over here's again i love he's it. always over here it's like creeping around like always. leo he's on <laughs> in the ceiling with a little spy hole <laughs> <laughs> he's about <laughs> as tall as the ceiling it's true Gives us me. how can he over, uh, I suppose he's tall enough he just goes like this just leans over like a giraffe <laughs> <laughs> no, but like how does he like over here without anyone noticing <laughs> he'd stick out I like a I don't know how he did thumb. over here he was quite far away <laughs> but he apparently he did so Ian goes after the loo and Shirley uh, sits with oh. Sharon and Raises a glass to, to Danny. I loved her. It was such a moment. Because they're like lifelong enemies. Yeah. And yet there are those moments of like understanding between yeah. them. The two of them have like a mutual respect for each other sometimes. And I love when that happens. And Shirley really did love Danny as well. She did. Yeah, she did. She so I loved him. that. I loved that moment. I did. Sucker for those moments. I <laughs> So whilst that was still going on in the Vic, Peter's using all the information he knows. He's went and spoke to Bex now. Yes. To go and confront Ian. This confused oh. me. Yes. Because although Bex and Dottie know a bit more than anyone that he was obviously looking for Denny and arguing with him and he, they knew about obviously what happened to Bobby and that Denny was the one behind all of the accounts. Yeah. I get that. But what they didn't know is that he locked him in a room. So how can Peter say, I know what you did? Because he doesn't. Yeah. Only Ian right now knows he's, what he's done. He's just making... He's just making a threat there to try and get some information or... He's, it's like speculation. He's yeah. just speculating. Like he doesn't actually have... Oh, he's just making it up. Yeah, true. He has no real concrete evidence of no, any of No, and this. all the things he's overheard, he's just putting things together and making up a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Detective Denise might have to watch out. Peter's coming for our job. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Duh. We've all been dreading this week. <laughs> We've all been trying to put off this moment. Daniel, goodbye. He's gone. So at the start of the week, he was meant to move into hospice, mm-hmm. and Jean was like, "No, I'm going to look after you." Yeah. <gasps> oh, so sad. I love Jean. I know. It's just devastating. I'm not okay. I am not okay, Emma. We have lost Denny. Now, Daniel. So sad. So obviously he had moved in yeah, and he was obviously living there. So Jean was always checking on him, see if he's okay. And there was a great scene where she just walks in and 
She's talking to Mo after she's went and seen him. Thought Daniel was dead. Oh. He was just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They had such good like comedy in these moments. Yeah, they, they? they took a very sad storyline and made it so beautifully yeah. done. It was be- you fell in love. Do you know what's really sad? You fell yeah. in love with them as a couple. Like I always said, when Daniel first came into it, I wasn't that big of a fan of him. But gradually over time, he won me over. And by Christmas, my God, I was completely yeah. rooting for them. I was like, please, Daniel, just tell her that you've actually oh, not got cancer. Please like, don't go. <laughs> just don't die. But sadly, it was just not to be, was it? Yeah. And So they have their last meal, which Daniel's like, people on death row get to choose their last meal. Because mm. obviously, Jean's been making it. Yeah. There was some uh, lovely comments back to like the fishy basket. Oh. There was Mo saying that she knew she would get him into his bed before he died. Yeah. <laughs> they had lots of lovely, fun moments. Well, then Jean got news, didn't she? And she didn't Mo, want to tell him. It was so sad because Mo was so ecstatic for us. <laughs> yeah. She was like, see, like, I love, by the way, Mo being there to support her. That was everything yeah. as well. That was lovely to see. You know, they're two matriarchs of the Slaters, aren't they, really? Yeah. Then after getting that news, Jean kind of, you could just see, wasn't too thrilled with being all clear because daniel said once he knew she was okay he could go i know so she didn't want to tell him because she didn't want him to go and of course after going out for a walk and telling him he did go he left her with a joke that's true he did i loved that bit though knock knock gene you know i don't like answering the door <laughs> it's me it's always us we need those little signs that say no salesman <laughs> I have one <laughs> so Jean went off to go and get the drinks hot chocolates hot chocolates good choice good choice and he was like I'll tell you when you come back but and she came would. back and he was gone loved her final lines when she said I'm going to be brave I'm going to I'm not going to crumble i'm gonna be jean be more jean we should all be more jean we should favorite scene of the week and it's a tie it is me never call me call mine we can't decide we're at lockerheads and because it's not a third party yeah there's no one to choose so we're just gonna go with both of them so mine personally has to be lexi tell the truth and as much as i absolutely adored that scene there was just something very special about Stuart's very own sign language to ben and that's why those are our favorite scenes of the week favorite scene of the week now it's time for this week's slapping dan and we asked on twitter and also on Instagram stories. And you've sent in your suggestions as to who is the right person for a slapping Dan. And this week it goes to Lola. Lola. It has to, man. She just didn't answer the door for a start. That was annoying. She's like a pest almost to Ben. She was all right when she first came back. But it's like she's increasingly become this person who goes, Ben, can you look after Lexi? Ben, can you look after... That's literally, literally her, only line. her only line in the whole week. That's why she's getting something down. And now it's time for this week's Hero of the Week. And a lot of people said the same three, Callum's Angels. Has to be Callum's Angels. They literally rescued him from death. Like he would have, well, I don't know actually, because he did survive already a week. So maybe he could have survived forever. (laughs) I think we should start some testing on him because I think he might be immortal. (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he's the doctor. You know how the doctor can like survive loads of different things and regenerate. Oh my god, Callum's the doctor. There we go, solved it. <gasps> but anyway, that's why they're our heroes of the week. Well done to Stuart, Jay, and Ben. So now it's time to rate out of Callum's Angels as they were our hero of the week. Yes, fabulous. <laughs> and we are going to give this week. 4.5 Callum's Angels. <laughs> That's a mouthful. That is. I was like, will I be able to say this? <laughs> I think the only reason that it's 4.5 and not a 5 is that loved a lot of the stuff this yeah, week. Yeah, great storylines. Yeah, and it's hard to come off the back of such a big week mm, like the And they've done it week. so well. They did it well. My only old man gripe. My only I complaint, think it'll be the same one as mine. <laughs> is that Sharon wasn't the opening... Yeah like the opening story on monday yeah i would have liked to see more of sharon and especially coming off the back of denny dying i would have loved to see yeah. monday being a bit more focused on her story yes and like obviously we all i got my life with like all of the, the denise stuff that was hilarious <laughs> i was loving the beals i loved the gene and daniel stuff Love i loved that. the ben's hearing yes storyline that's starting yes. callum being rescued we needed finally that. we needed that finally <laughs> We were getting our, our backs packed to try and go f- find him, didn't we? We had with torches, with maps. We're going to look at all those warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think what stops it from being five is just the not having enough Sharon. So that's why it is 4.5. So now it's time for Beal or No Beal. Round two. I have to say, I am so excited to bring this back <laughs> so excited to bring it back i've been waiting for a long time for a beal centric week how long was the last wasn't it like on our second episode or something it was like one of the <gasps> the first wow. ones i know can't can't believe it so this one this beal or no beal is the peter beal edition Ooh. so the rules are simple emma as all good games are all you have to do is say beal or no beal <laughs> i'll give you a phrase and you just say that. You just say Beal or no Beal. That's all it is. Let's get on. I am family. I'm his brother. Beal or no Beal? Beal. Correct. It was the opening line from on you, yeah. Peter Beal. Yes, it was when he came in and he said, I am his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Very much so. Very much so. On to the next one. Drown, should I? <laughs> Beal or no Beal? No Beal. <laughs> and babe. Of course it's and babe. <laughs> I get you good. <laughs> Someone's put a brick through the chippy window. Beal Ooh. or no Beal? No Beal? <gasps> it was Beal. Really? Yeah, it was not Ben Hardy. The Peter before. Oh, I was thinking of him. Yeah. It was but one of I also last, thought last scenes. of how many people have worked there. I thought, could have yeah, been. could have been Janine. Could have been anyone. It could have been. Laura. I was like, maybe it was Ian or Martin, because Martin worked there for a bit. Oh, true, true. Know. Say, could have been anyone. Could have been anyone. You stay away from my family, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Beal or no Beal? No Beal. <laughs> Correct. Woman from Redwater. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't care, do you? Everyone who loves you, you just drive away. Ooh, Beal? True, yeah. it's Peter Beal. Peter was just annoyed with the way that Ian was treating yeah. Jane and everyone. He was just having a rant. Again, that was the Peter before Ben Hardy. Not that one for you. Okay. Only this time, I said, unless he dealt with you, I was going to finish it. I'm not some bit on the side. I'm better than that. Beal or no Beal? 
Nobel? Correct. Oh, phew. That's Stoke Sarah. We're just confessing to Sonia about how much Martin loves her. Um, here's another one for you. No! Beal. Correct. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, of course it's Ben Hardy. <laughs> when, when he finds out Lucy's died. Yeah, when yeah. he finds out that Lucy's gone. You remind me of them girls that see down the Roxy. <laughs> Beal or no Beal? No Beal, that is Claudette. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I won't look. Beal or no Beal? Oh, that's a hard one, I isn't know. it? I thought I'd throw a hard one in. Um, I won't look. <laughs> <laughs> could be in any could context. Could be anyone. Could be. I know, I'm just going to say Beal. Correct. Yes. It was Ben Hardy when he was on that like trip with like Lola and all the gang. And oh yes, that was that was a strange she had to episode. Get, like changed in front of him, and like he just held his thing. And he was like, "I won't look." Oh, here's your final one. Your final okay. one, Emma. Oh, Father Dominic. <laughs> Wheel or no wheel? No wheel. Correct. It's me, <laughs> mispronouncing Cat Slater's long lost son's name. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Emma. You got, I think you got nine out of ten, actually. Yay! So that's very high. You win Peter Beale's undying gr- uh, gratitude. There you go. Oh, yeah, thank see, you. you're his number one fan now. <laughs> Just like your father, Dominic's. So welcome back to Fan Fantasies. <gasps> Yay. That's exciting. Where we are doing our collaborative fanfic with you guys. We ended... Like half of chapter one last yes, time. Yes, because it was very long. It's very, very long. Very long. So this is going to be the second half of chapter one. Previously on Secret Slaters, we moved to the square. We met Callum. We met the Slaters because guess what? They are family. They are family. And we're about to make our way across the square to the Vic. Together, the Slaters made their way across the square, prowling towards the Vic like a fearsome pack of lions on the hunt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what wow. lions go <laughs> Just trying to think of cat noises. Wow. <laughs> 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 then we're like roaring on the. <laughs> I don't think I can roar. Gin, whiskey, and cheap perfume hung over the entrance of the Vic, and the old royal red. <laughs> 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 Emma's tongue twister for the day. I love it. It's like when you let him to read. <laughs> Royal, Royal Red <laughs> of the pub welcomed them. Emma and Connor looked up at the face of the long dead monarch hanging overhead. And then their eyes looked to each other and smirked. <laughs> I am actually smirking at you now. Yeah, no. Pushing the doors, they entered. The vic was crowded. The air filled with the scent of old East End booze as a chorus of girlish cackles and the clinking of glasses muffled the barely audible Annie Lennox song singing out with the jukebox. Standard East Enders then, because that's all that ever plays in <laughs> At first it was daunting, but it wasn't long before the pair had befriended the long-serving barmaid Tracy and had oh. settled on a table not too far from the doors, which soon swung open. Callum! Connor called out. Raising a hand to signal him over. I literally did that. that you did? Well. I was like, <laughs> don't look, you're going to laugh. Proper method there. Callum, come on over. Come on, Sharon, the unicorn. Are you pointing at Sharon? <laughs> oh, God. That rugged looking bloke from earlier followed in 
The suited and booted giants wake. Nice description there, Callum. Shall I get the drinks in? Callum offered. No, no, these are on us. Just go up to the bar, tell Tracy you're with us, and order what you want. It'll be on our tab, Emma reassured. So you must be the boyfriend. I can see now why this one was unaffected by my charms, Connor said to the stocky, dashing rogue. Charms? Listen here, right? I'm his gay Dumbledore, so if anyone's teaching him charms, it's me. He jested, but behind his joking tones was a tone of annoyance. Handsome, witty, and a total Harry Potter geek? Wow, you two are like my dream combo package. Tell me, is it buy one, get one free? Connor winked. Is this what you do? Flirt with a guy, then flirt with their boyfriend? The cheeky chap grinned. I'm just having a conversation with myself. <laughs> seducing myself. It's like before when I was just talking to myself pretty much. <laughs> if you can't seduce yourself, who can you seduce? <laughs> um, no, I just have a sixth sense about these things. I know when something is inevitable. Connor replied. So if you're psychic, prove it. What kind of drink do I have? He asked. I think stretch over there is a chocolate milkshake kind of gay. And you, a pint of lager. Gotta keep up the whole macho image your dad insisted upon. And lager, it's such a man's drink. As the drinks were ferried onto the table and placed down, Connor saw that Callum had a vodka and coke. But in front of his boyfriend, he placed a pina colada, <laughs> complete with a little cocktail umbrella. Standard. Vic, Vic, <laughs> standard things that the Vic would have. <laughs> I think that is the perfect, perfect drink for Ben. <laughs> Better luck next time, Yuri Geller. Callum's boyfriend smirked. So there will be a next time then. Connor smiled a flirtatious smile. God, I'm such a... Such a flirt. I know, I'm such a flirt. Such a flirt. Well, you're the psychic. You tell me. The roguish chap chuckled too. It's me again. <laughs> My God, this whole page is me. I'm big more this time. Don't worry. Did I ever tell you about that time I used to read fortunes down Clapham Market? Yes, Nan. And then you had to do a moonlit flit from your flat because you had us lot pick the pockets of all your gullible punters. Emma said, gaining a laugh from everyone. But Mo, who denied such an allegation. Turning her attention to Callum's boyfriend, Emma went to introduce herself. I'm Emma. <laughs> so weird isn't it <laughs> just, you know I'm just talking to myself here yeah. <laughs> I'm Emma she said <laughs> she said as she combed a hand through her mousy brown hair take my strong hand <laughs> Ben the lad said as he gulped down a mouthful of peanut <laughs> <laughs> sorry for my brother's outrageousness he's always been like this since he was a baby I mean literally the minute he came into the world he stopped breathing just so everyone would fuss over him teased the mousy teased the mousy haired girl teased I think that's meant to be teased the mousy haired girl oh yeah <laughs> just, 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 just. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do you remember when we proofread this? God, you wouldn't More think we did once. it like three times. Ah, <laughs> oh, good old us. Wow. So you're the Slaters. We have a bit of a complicated history, your family and me. Ben said, giving a sort of awkward glance over the cat, whose eyes had remained in a permanent scowl. So I've heard. My cousin Stacy has told me a lot about you, Emma responded. But that's all water under the bridge now, right, sis? Connor interrupted. Yeah, of course it is. Emma replied with a smile. Suddenly there came a ringing of the bell and an angry looking blonde woman with a bottle of vodka in one hand and a piece of paper in the other. I wonder who this is. 
everyone, everyone, my husband just informed me that my pub is no longer my pub. <laughs> a woman in a dazzling pink sequin dress announced, telling the whole world her business. Judging from the unsurprised and unimpressed looks plastered on everyone's faces, this must be a regular occurrence. Oh, no, my mic. <laughs> Linda, stop this. Living <laughs> <laughs> for the man voice. For it. I feel like she called Daddy Dyer, but I can't. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that has literally made my entire year. A mousy brown haired man begged. Oh, we've got the same, same hair. Same hair. <gasps> destiny. It's Destiny. <laughs> As he emerged from behind her, wearing a shiny blue waistcoat over a white shirt. I always remember that outfit that he wore. He does wear that. <laughs> he, just, he does. It's always stuck in my head. <laughs> He's dragging me away from my home, my children's home. Go on. Tell them St. Mick. She rambled in a bitter and aggressive manner. I feel like I'm really embodying that right now. I can already taste the alcohol. <laughs> Sorry for the voice sense of your fear. <laughs> Can't we? <laughs> Come on, Mick. Come on, see Mick. <laughs> Linda, I'm not doing... <laughs> I love it. Linda, I'm not doing this for you. We can't exactly run a boozer if you're drinking all the booze. Yeah, how good's that for? Like that a Geordie, was good. A Geordie meal. That, a Geordie was, <laughs> that was very good. If you ran a pub and were a man, I would imagine that Here, would be the voice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Her husband cried out, his eyes broken, his voice trembling. See? See what he's like? See the way he looks at me with disgust? Snarled the woman in her sparkly pink sequin dress. She loves mentioning the colour of that. She, she loves the dress. <laughs> loves, loves the dress. The dress. <laughs> think she likes sequins and you think she likes pink. Yeah. I think maybe you should go away and talk about this in private. Emma suggested as she stood up. No. I want everyone to see good old Mick. Such a good bloke. Except he's not, is he? You turned my Ollie against me. Pushed all my other kids to leave me. Cheer on me with that tart over there, she said, pointing to the black-haired girl from the market. Oh, look, we corrected it. Remember when we had red earlier? Oh. Well done, us. Well done, us. And now, now you want to take the only thing I have left. My pub. I think you've said enough now. You've made your point, Emma insisted, her voice losing some of its calming tones. Yeah, and who are you, you little slapper? <gasps> How dare she? She doesn't even know you dare like that. she? Linda slurred. Me? I'm the slapper who just bought this place. Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you do yourself a favour, pipe down, pack your bags, and get out of my pub? Oh, that's biting toward that, isn't it? Emma clapped back. <laughs> the whole pub fell silent as a speechless and teary-eyed Linda was pulled away by Mick. Not exactly how we wanted to introduce ourselves, but I suppose nothing really goes as, as you would like it to, does it? Connor laughed as he stood up joining his sister. I'm Connor, and this is my sister, Emma. Slater. 
And I'm sure you already know all about our cousin and Nan over there. And of course, our lovely Auntie Jean. But as a way of saying hello properly and to help calm everything down after all that, all the drinks are around the house. There was a loud cheer. <laughs> Very theatrical here at A20. As Stacy's ex Martin walked in through the door, dressed in his sheepskin brown jacket, and beside him was the hunk from the fruit and veg stall. Apparently, he covers for Martin now and then. That's nice of him, isn't it? It's nice that of him. nice of him. With his pearly white, wide smile and his skin the exact shade Connor has his coffee, <laughs> Connor wondered, would he taste just as sweet? <gasps> God, I'm such a whore, aren't I? I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> Where's Martin if Kush is covering his stall? Exactly. Where is Martin? Wait till we find out what Kush actually does. We'll be shopping there. We'll be shopping there. <laughs> Martin didn't even say hello. Instead, he opted to sliver off across the room, where he sat sheepishly with another woman, probably the slag he left Stacy for. Can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> The boy sent him a glare, and then so did Emma, letting him know that they have not forgotten what he did. So definitely no smirk in that way. (laughs) (laughs) However, they would not let their first night be marred by feuds and arguments. Tracy, crack open the champagne and get yourself a glass as well, hun. Emma called over to the bar. Oh, you're so sweet to her. Great employee. Great employee. As the cork was... (laughs) Did you bet that? As the cork was popped. As Read the it as you pop. see it. <laughs> as the cork was pop. <laughs> as, as the cork was pop. <laughs> and the bubbly was poured into the shimmering glass flutes. Emma became aware of someone's judgmental gaze burning into the side of her head and turned to see a heavily pregnant blonde woman sending her a scowl. <gasps> Something to say? Emma asked. Her voice quieting down the conversations. <gasps> oh, Ooh. who's this? Who is this? Heavily pregnant, blonde. Who might it be? Well, I just don't know how you can celebrate tossing a woman out of her home. The straight-haired blonde beauty stated, making sure everyone could hear her. I'd hardly call it tossing her out. They were given notice. It's not my fault her husband didn't tell her. Mind you, having seen the state of her, I understand why he felt he couldn't tell her. Emma responded. And you are perfect, I suppose. If you're anything like the rest of your family, I doubt you are. Sharon taunted, with her face stretched into a plum-lipped mocking grin. What's that meant to mean? Emma snapped back. Sit down, Kat commanded. <laughs> Love when it's like two of you. <laughs> I know, loving this. It's still me. <laughs> you ain't my mother. <laughs> shameful, <laughs> shameful and... Emma said, ignoring her cousin's overbearing nature. Wait, I know you, don't I? (laughs) You're Sharon. Connor laughed as he stood up from the table. Yeah, you're that tart who stole our Zoe's man. You've got some nerve judging my family. From what I hear, your dad was a dirty old man, your mother was an alky, and you were sleeping with your own brother. God, I've went straight in for it there, haven't I? How dare you? Sharon shrieked. And what about you two? Another pair of slate I spawn to go with the basket case, the petty chance a gangster gran, and the total slag. Still you. <laughs> oh, what do you say? Big Mo said as she stood up joining her grandson. 
still you. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I'm loving this. <laughs> I am loving this. Listen here, Blondie. These two might be a, pair, a gobby pair, but they're family. Mo shouted, her face turning red with rage. You lot are nothing more than a pack of liars and thieves. Sharon hissed, her insult striking a chord with Kat and causing her to get up. Oh, it's me. Is it me it's now? It's you. Oh, yeah. I'm giving you a break. Oh, yeah. And I suppose that baby was the immaculate conception, was it, Mrs. Robinson? Ooh. Ooh. Their wild black haired cousin snapped, her words clearly stinging Sharon. You're clearly a father's daughter, a sleaze and a pervert. He liked them young too, didn't he? Mo cackled, her fiery temper spitting out from her lips like hot sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be Ian? Yeah, go on. I think you've said enough. A shrewd-looking, spectacled man interjected. And you can keep out of it and all, you little weasel. We all know why you're protecting her. I hate to break it to you, but you're too old for her. Their nan roared. You spiteful cow! Yelled the swollen mother-to-be as she swung and flattened palm towards the pair's nan. Don't you dare! Emma said as she caught the woman's slap. For a second, the whole vic fell completely silent as the pair looked into each other's eyes. Pock it in, you lot! <laughs> <laughs> Living for Emma's make. It's I mean, literally my new thing that I'm obsessed with. Mick's description is the best thing I think I've ever read. The grizzly-chinned Mick shouted. <laughs> <laughs> That's my obsession. Interrupting the row before it could escalate any further. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our stuff has moved out. <laughs> I've lost my accent. <laughs> Where am I going with this? <laughs> Mum's took Linda to a new house. <laughs> so it's over. You hear me? There's no need for all of this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Meg. Oh. I'm sorry, Daddy Dad. Oh, <laughs> Poker in you rot. Yeah, I just love that bit. It's <laughs> just like iconic, iconic. The two bickering factions called it quits, and while Sharon and Ian left the pub, the Slater clan sat back down. Though she wouldn't say it, Emma did feel bad for Mick. Oh, it is sad. It is, isn't it? As she watched the defeated waistcoat-wearing barman. Exit through the front door. It doesn't sound like it, as I'm now laughing. Chuckling <laughs> <laughs> away. Chuckling away. It's this waistcoat wearing bomb. Smirking. Smirking. That's, smirking. that's what you're doing. <laughs> Carrying the last of his life in a handful of bags. Oh, oh that is sad. <laughs> now you're laughing. <laughs> I know, I can't help it. When the door shut behind him, there was a pause. Almost a minute's silence for the end of an era. It wasn't long before the drinks were flowing once more. I love that the end of the era pause lasted for about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone doesn't care now. <laughs> and good old Slater Cacklin could be heard. 80s power ballads sung through slurred lips and drunken games of Save the Queen from Drowning, which resulted in Callum almost spewing a pint all over the table. Oh, Callum, Ew. dear. Callum. Lovely. People passed and briefly said hi. But Mo seemed a little apprehensive of Emma and Connor. Lovely. I'm not, I'm not surprised considering we're basically <laughs> laid down the law with, with like Linda and Sharon. <laughs> Probably out of loyalty to old owners. And Emma understood that. Or maybe it is because we caused lots of arguments. Yeah, probably that. <laughs> Besides, the introductions were going great. 
Connor had already tried to plant a drunken kiss on Cush and got a slap off cat. Not surprised, <laughs> not surprised. Before bawling up on her lap. <laughs> I love this. Drunk crying about the good old days. Oh, I'm just saying this. The good old days, Kathleen, remember. <laughs> when you were in red water. Remember with Father Dominic. Dermot. <laughs> a few minutes later, the two of them had hijacked the karaoke. That's about right. And we're belting out a duet cover of What's Love Got To Do With It by Tina Turner. What's love got to do, got to do with it. Mo sat back and watched the antics unfolding with a smile on her face. The mad matriarch of the scandalous Slater clan. Shots were lined up on the polished wooden table and one by one they were downed. (laughs) Between drunken exchanges of family histories and tales from the square. But Cush still seemed confused on the family tree. Don't blame him. (laughs) <laughs> and where the pair fitted into it. Do you want me to be Cush? I feel like I feel like the George Gallery moment. Do you want to be <laughs> to be the cat? <laughs> Should I be Ruler Lenska? <laughs> Do you want me to be the Cush? So wait, you're both Harris and Slater. I'm confused. I don't know what voice <laughs> the I'm voice was like. Normal then suddenly started <laughs> to get deeper. I'm just like Debbie. Like you know, my voice just suddenly broke. <laughs> So wait, you're both Harris and Slater. I'm confused. Cush questioned in a Geordie accent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nan's other daughter, Jean, is our gran. Her daughter married Charlie's cousin, Anthony, our dad. Emma explained. It's very incestuous. (laughs) (laughs) Very awkward family reunions. (laughs) Four got seven toes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mo's your great-grandma. Cush smirked <laughs> as he looked over to the short woman <laughs> in her oversized grey coat attempting to flog a bunch of dodgy DVDs to a bunch of tipsy stall owners. Standard more. That's so more. That's so on, Anne. Well, I wouldn't exactly call Madam Whiplash over there great, but she's ours. Emma laughed as she looked over to her brother, belting out yet another power ballad with Cat. Connor's phone buzzed for a second. Cat glimpsed of his screen. Cat <laughs> <laughs> glimpsed his screen, seeing the message pop up. On the screen, the message read, Answer me! Ooh. Exclamation mark. Who could this be? All in block capitals. Oh my <gasps> she didn't press her cousin, but gave him a worried glance. A one-eight stand. Couldn't take the hint. Connor nervously laughed off, but he knew his haunted eyes let slip some of the truth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Kathleen. <laughs> and his face could barely hide his worry. Vibrations buzzed through his pocket, and he knew it was them calling him again. I've just, I've just got to go to the loo. Dropping the mic. Ooh. You did that when you <laughs> told Linda how it was. <laughs> True. <laughs> Drop that mic. And the sleigh that owns this pub. <laughs> yeah. Sleigh. Love it. Love it. Connor rushed to the toilets. And in the privacy of a cubicle, he answered. How did you get this number? He whispered, his words wobbling with worry. Listen, we taught you. It wasn't our fault. Connor said in a low voice as he deliberately tried to muffle his words so no one heard him. However, the caller wasn't interested in his excuses and denials. And the voice on the other end of the phone got more raised and more threatening. Just leave us alone, he yelled as he put the phone down. As he opened the door, Emma was stood there. It's not over, is it? 
she said. Ah! Yeah. So that was chapter one, The Arrival. I hope you're excited for next week. It is chapter two, our favourite of the oh. chapters. We love it. Dun, 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 dun. This week's episode was sponsored by Dottie's Haunted House Tours. If you want to come see Leo King's dead body, come to Dottie Cotton. She'll sort you out. £5 entry fee. Dun, 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 dun. Hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good night.